he was kind of waiting in the wings. He was like, if I just act cool, put zero pressure on all of this, he has told me that he had to put himself in that place too. Like he essentially had to mentally friend zone himself mm-hmm. so that we could be friends. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but like, obviously you had a hope that I would come around. He's like, I tried so hard to not think that way. Welcome back. We're here for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest. She is Mia Ruth, and she is a former psychologist who evolved her enthusiasm for wine into a full lifestyle and a self-made business. She actually recently launched a wine club featuring unique small producers to merge her love of wine, connection, and interest in giving back to the community. And I just have to say, you have like the most enviable Instagram account. Like literally every post (laughs) open up a bottle of rosé and book a flight to the Mediterranean. (laughs) That is music to my ears. I'll say that every time I open a bottle of rosé, I also want to book a flight to the Mediterranean. (laughs) Seriously. so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming. And I just have to give the audience a little backstory about how we met because it's a great story. So we actually met through two former repeat podcast guests. So Will Ripito and Megan Ladd. And so I think it was a surprise birthday party that Will had thrown for Megan, like shortly before their wedding in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is crazy because I say 2019, I'm like, that wasn't really that long ago, but it feels like it was forever ago. It does. It feels like my past life. Yeah. Which I think I feel like we're we're gonna get into why, but Yes, like a lot has changed. And so I remember at the time it was like they had this destination wedding. I've talked about how amazing it was on the podcast and I was solo. And so I feel like there weren't that many single people at the wedding in general. And so Will was like, oh, do you want to room with another one of my single friends? And I did end up rooming with one of them. But he was like, oh, like, I actually really wanted you to room with Mia. Like, you guys would get along so well. (laughs) He gets it. Will gets it. Because that is so true. Honestly. Like, I still remember meeting you. And first of all, like, I know it's creepy that I remember this, but we were even wearing like similar outfits. Like, I feel like we both had like these blue (laughs) pinstripe like jumpsuits. And I was like, oh, that's funny. But we are kindred spirits. Yes. Kindred spirits. Like, a hundred percent. And like, we're talking and we divulge that we are both like dating podcast fans. And we were both like going to the same live show for Girls Gotta Eat within like a couple of days of each other. And I was like, wow, Will really knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Yes, he's the perfect friend matchmaker. I was literally traveling to LA just to go (laughs) and see Girls Gotta Eat. Like that is how much of a super fan I was. And it's hilarious because most people have no idea what that is. And the fact that you were like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I'm actually going to that. I was like, no way. Yes, seriously. I honestly wish it was the same night. That would have been so much fun. I'm really glad we got to connect now again, even though we didn't have that girl's got to eat shared experience (laughs) and kind of like diving back into why we were saying it feels like a totally different life. 
when we met, you were living in San Diego, you were single, and now you're like wifed up on the East Coast. (laughs) (laughs) The new me, the new me. Even you introduced me with my new last name. I'm still like, whoa, that is (laughs) like who? Oh, oh, me. Okay. okay, It has a great ring to it. So. Oh, I'm so glad you think so. I, you know, whenever people ask, I'm like Nia Ruth as in Bader Ginsburg. (laughs) Amazing. Oh my gosh. What an icon. (laughs) She's my Ruth inspo. Love it. I love it. So I feel like, of course, that's a big change to happen in the span of two and a half years. But even crazier is the fact that when you and I met, you had actually already met your now husband at the time. But of course, you didn't realize that he was going to be your husband. And notably, I remember like when we were talking before our recording, you were saying like there was a time when you were like, I don't know if I'm even seeing myself as the marriage type or like if that's in my future. And so I feel like there must have been like a huge mindset shift and would love to hear about your journey of what it was like when you were single leading up to present day now that you are happily married. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So the story starts really like immediately post-college, I would say. So right after college, I moved to New York and I had grew up in Florida and I was like, you know what? I just want to go big, a big change. Let's just see what happens. I knew nothing. Like I thought that living in New York was like being in Times Square every day. Like (laughs) my little like 20, 21 year old self, I just had no idea what I was getting myself into. So after six years of dating in New York. So the thing that always got me was that in a lot of big cities, but you know, New York kind of being the one, the most iconic, if you will, for this, it's, there's just a trade up mentality. Mm. There are literally millions of people living on a teeny tiny Island. Everyone's just about the same age. Everyone's super ambitious, super hardworking, super successful. And all those are really attractive Mm -hmm. qualities. Mm -hmm. And so when you date someone, it's kind of like, well, why would I date you? Because I could date you or you or you yeah. or you or you. And it just goes on and on and on. And yeah. as much as I would complain about the men in New York being that way, reflecting back, I was the exact same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then also kind of what comes with that territory is people just not really treating each other well. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, you know, like I was pretty tired of not being treated well. I was really tired of seeing my friends not treated well by men in New York. And so it was extremely discouraging. I finished grad school after that six-year period. And I was like, all right, I am switching things up. I am going to just do a full 180. I want it to be warm. Mm -hmm. I want people to be nice. And (laughs) I want there to be attractive men. Where should I move to? Perfect San Diego. Best choice. (laughs) The absolute best decision I've ever made. Yeah. So... Moving there, you know, I had all of these high hopes. I was like, you know, these people are totally different. And people were very different in the sense (laughs) that that super hardworking ambition was there a little bit in the corners. You had to search, get get out, get out your microscope and like really, really (laughs) search for it. But it was there. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so it was just such a like very different experience. Like the thing that I loved the most though about dating and also honestly, just like making friends in San Diego is that in New York, when you introduce yourself to someone, hi, my name's Nia. And then they're like, hi, I'm so-and-so. What do you do? Mm, Like that's the only thing that people care about. I Mm -hmm. literally joked that in San Diego, I didn't know what (laughs) half of my, more than three quarters of my friends did for work until I've been Uh, friends with them for like a year. Like going on dates with someone that's just not, yes, such a change. Like you get to talk about like what you like to do. You like to hike, you like to go to the beach, you like to check out these restaurants and like just having that. I just felt like I got to know people's cores 
mm-hmm. more quickly and better than by talking about all of these, you know, kind of external factors that just don't really matter in the long run. Like it's really yeah. hard to get to know people when all you're talking about is work. So mm-hmm. that was kind of that whole transition. So how did me and my husband kind of fall into all of this or my now husband? So mm-hmm. this is a pretty classic story. So it was a Saturday afternoon. My best friend in San Diego and I had been at a margarita festival all day because that's uh, what just what you do day. in San Diego. Yes. <laughs> Go to margarita festivals. Why not? So she gets a text from this guy that she had been on like one or two Bumble dates with. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I'm going out to this bar out by the beach around like four or five, whatever it was. And I'm going to bring some friends. Do you mm-hmm. want to come and bring some friends too? We're like, perfect. We had no plans this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So we grab an Uber. We go out to the beach. And as it turns out, my now husband was one of the friends of my best friend's bumble date. So, so it begins. <laughs> and so it begins. So we're on this like beautiful rooftop in San Diego. And, you know, we are introduced. We meet each other. And there was just something about his energy mm. that I literally was like, why do I love this person? This is so weird. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. But it was not like, oh my gosh, like I totally want to date him. Like I yeah. wonder what he's doing. Did I wonder if he's dating anyone else? Like none of those thoughts. It was just like such a pure, like my heart just like loved his heart. And I just wanted to like be around him all the time. Mm-hmm. He at the time had this really huge dog. He's a great day mastiff. He's actually sitting here right now because he's not my dog. <laughs> so, Love that. You know, he would just call me on like a Tuesday and be like, Hey, I'm taking Axel to dog beach. Like, do you want to come? I brought some of the wine that you like. And I'm like, okay. Like, wow. he's like, okay, I'll be there in an hour to come pick you up. And so we, you know, we'd go to the beach, we'd go to dinners and it was really truly just friends like this whole time. Okay. So another important detail is that he is a fighter pilot. So Mm -hmm. he's in the Marine Corps. So he is super busy. He's working a million hours a day. And Mm -hmm. a big thing that kind of like ended our friendship essentially was that he was supposed to do like, I think two years of training in San Diego. And Mm -hmm. after literally three months, he got moved to Virginia beach, just out of the blue. They told him he had two weeks to get up and move across the country. Wow. So it was just this kind of whole like, oh my gosh, like, do you need help packing? He's like, no, there's people that do that. I'm like, okay, (laughs) can we, do you have time to hang out? Like what's happening? And it was this like whole thing. And I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, he picked up and moved. And so that was in 2017. So I had lived in San Diego for like a year at that point. And then he came and we were best friends. And then he was gone three months later. (laughs) What a tease. I know, right? (laughs) Okay. So I love the way that you describe how you felt when you met him, because I feel like, you know, a lot of us have met that person who you feel infatuated towards as soon as you meet, but like you describing your feelings towards him are so pure. And I also feel like that probably shifted your interactions with him for the positive. Cause I feel like when you have this like intense infatuation and all you can think about is like, I wonder if they're single. I wonder if they like me. Like, I don't know, like maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I feel like I would be a little bit weird and like not my full self. (laughs) So that probably helped you like form a deeper connection. And I'm wondering, like, were you dating at all during that phase? Was dating just like not top of mind? Like, I guess, was it impacted by the fact that you weren't in a dating mindset? Or do you think it was something else entirely? That's such a good question. So I, at that time, you know, I was still like within that first year of moving to San Diego. So I was like bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I was like, 
men here are different. Like I'm definitely going to meet someone, you know? So I was totally open to dating. I've never been the type of person that was like actively dating though. Mm, Like I, I would get on the apps for like, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Just like last time, delete, delete, delete. And then like yeah. two months later, I'm like, hmm, you know, I'm just sitting on my couch after work for like yeah. the fifth night in a row. And I'm like, maybe I should get on that. So it was just always a cycle, but it was never something that I like did super often. And I was also yeah. never that girl that was always or ever really in a relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I have lots of friends who they're just back to back to back. And I always thought, how do you find that many people? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> you're attracted to that you think are interesting that you truly want to spend all of your time with. Like, so that's that's kind of why, like, just meeting this person, even as a friend, just feeling like I actually this is another like kind of funny detail. Is I remember within that first like few interactions with him, I remember going home after hanging out with him and just thinking how do I keep this person in my life forever? Oh, oh my God. Because I just wanted to be his friend that badly. And I just loved being around him so much, but I kid you not marrying him never crossed my mind. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> it, just, it sounds ridiculous. I totally get it that it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but it, it honestly never crossed my mind. And I guess another thing to add to kind of, you know, not feeling weird, getting to know someone so one, one kind of funny thing is that, you know, with me going on and off the apps, I literally said to myself at one point, I never want to go on a first date again. I don't know what this, what this means for me, but I just like, can't do this. Like I just wow. liked it so much. Mm-hmm. And so it's hilarious that I ended up not going on a first date at all. Yeah. That's so <laughs> that's perfect. You manifested it. I did. I did. I manifested it out of like extreme frustration, but still somehow (laughs) managed to manifest it. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So like, maybe it's something intangible, but was there anything that you could point to or like a moment when you were like, this guy is amazing and I need to keep him around? Or was it just like his overall aura and persona? It was just his aura and his persona. And then, you know, another thing is that getting to know someone in a completely zero pressure situation. Mm -hmm. That was the other amazing thing is we knew everything about each other. Mm -hmm. I had met his parents because they came to visit San Diego. So we like all went out to the bars one night and all hung Mm -hmm. out and it was so much fun. I was like, Oh my gosh, I love his family. But it still like just wasn't clicking and crossing my mind is something that like, Oh, you know, this is a person that I would want to date. Like, I was like, Oh my gosh, like what happens when he gets married? Will he still be my friend? I literally was like, will he be my friend? I'm worried he won't be my friend anymore. I need him to be my friend. So what about everyone else in your life? Like, surely your mutual friends were like, so what's going on? And like probing you or at least his parents must have been like, who's this girl you're bringing around? (laughs) Okay, so both of those things did happen, but not until part two Mm. of re-meeting. Okay. So... Okay. So summer 2017, it was like right after the 4th of July. I remember he came out just him with me and all of my girlfriends on the 4th. Mm-hmm. And we just popped around to all of these little beach parties and kind of happenings around San Diego. It was such a fun day. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, within a week or two is when he moved. Mm-hmm. So 
summer 2017. Fast forward to summer 2018. This mm-hmm. is a story that he has told me. I don't really recall this actually <laughs> happening, not because of the context of me drinking, which you'll hear in a second, but I just genuinely don't remember. So we happened to go out to a bar in downtown San Diego. I never go out to bars in downtown San Diego. Mm. He he was in El Centro, which is like two or three hours away mm-hmm. for work. I happen to be out with friends and his story is that I see him from across the bar. I like huge gasp. I can't believe that he would come to San Diego and not tell me. I mean, the so audacity. I approach him. The audacity. I punch him with all my might and I literally was like, how dare you be here? How dare you? And he's like, whoa. Like I because we had not spoken. I should also clarify that when he oh. left San Diego soil, we did not speak. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought you were like maybe still in contact here and no. there. No, sorry. That's like a super important detail. We did not speak. Wow. So he, not for any particular reason, but it was kind of like, what did we really have to talk about? You know? Yeah. And like, yeah. he just got super busy with all of his work stuff. I'm still doing all of my, you know, whatnot in San Diego. So yeah, so we just kind of never spoke. So we see each other in summer 2018. So because of this very, very, very chance encounter, when he he got called to come back to San Diego for two months in the fall of 2019 for training. So he, the week before he was coming, texts me and he's like, Hey, do you still live in San Diego? I'm actually coming next week for, you know, a while. Would you want to hang out? And I was like, literally, I saw his name pop up and I'm like, Ken Ruth, Ken Ruth. I'm like, Oh, Ken Ruth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is so awesome. Like I immediately oh. text my friends. I'm like, guys, Ken's back. I'm so excited. I'm like, what are you doing on Saturday? We're going to brunch. Come and meet me at my house. We'll go get coffee. Then we're going to go get brunch. And then we're going to meet up with everybody. Cause he, of course, mm-hmm. like knew all of my friends. So it was like, yeah. perfect, just like falling right back into that rhythm. So mm-hmm. the funny thing is that he says that had we not seen each other in 2018, he would not have texted me a year later Wow, in 2019. Oh he wouldn't have known that I wanted him to. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. This is like a movie. <laughs> like, I swear, chance encounters like that, I feel like that's something you would see in a rom-com. It's hilarious because a lot of people say that and they're just, <laughs> everyone just sits with like a jaw drop and I'm like, oh, it's, I swear it's not like that interesting. Like it is kind of crazy, but not, I don't know. It's, it's funny because having lived it, you know, that was the course of like two full years, mm-hmm. you know, and not actively like pining for this person who's yeah. far away and da da da. So it feels like different than it sounds, but the chance encounters, I've, honestly, like call me crazy, but I've always believed in that stuff. Hmm, that, yeah. Like, you know, these little things are fate and you end up here and everything happens for a reason. I know mm-hmm. that's like kind of an annoying thing to say, but I've found that a little bit to be true. I think here and there, I, I think we can all find that to be true if we want yeah, to, right? Absolutely. But so this is a situation where I really have felt like that, where I'm like, that is crazy to yeah, know that he yeah. would not have ever reached out. Oh my gosh. So at our reconnection in 2019 is when all of my friends within days were like, <laughs> you are in love. And I'm like, I'm literally not. Like, I wouldn't even know what that feels literally like. I'm, I'm like, you guys are all crazy. Like, just no. And then it was just literally every day when he was done with work, he's like, hey, okay, so I'm going to come over. Like, let's watch so-and-so movie. Oh. And like, do you want to go on a run to this Mexican restaurant that's like near your house that we had talked about going to? Or like, mm-hmm. let's let's go on a walk to this wine bar and just kind of like 
like so literally like every day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, everyone's like, "You are dating." I'm like, "He's just my BFF." Oh, we are oh not my dating. gosh! <laughs> so then there's this like moment, and it's so random. But so we went on this hike. So it was a Saturday morning. And we decided to go on a hike and we were just going to go hike Torrey Pines. So amazing, beautiful, hike. easy hike in San Diego. It's literally mm-hmm. a walk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were like, that'll just be a fun thing. And then we'll go up to Del Mar to get brunch. So yeah, we just had this whole like very easy day plan. Mm-hmm. And I went to Trader Joe's to get us some snacks for the hike. Why mm-hmm. I would need snacks for a five minute walk <laughs> is unknown, but that's, that was what I did. That's how I would plan as well. Right? Yes. You got to plan ahead. Never yeah. know. Never know. How this one mile walk is going to go. So. So I walk down to Trader Joe's and I pop in and you know, the Trader Joe's catchers are very, very chatty. Go, oh, what are you doing today? I see you have some trail mix. I'm like, oh, I'm going on this hike, you know, da-da-da, we're just going to hike Troy Pines. And this, this person at Trader Joe's, she's like, oh, no, no, no. You need to hike Ho Chi Minh Trail. Oh, it I've never is, even heard of it. Oh, me either. So I had never heard, and I lived in San Diego for what, three years at that point. I never heard anyone mention it. So mm-hmm. she's like, you hike downwards and it's down to the beach and it's Black's Beach. It's in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. You have to do it. I was like, okay. oh, this sounds perfect. Like, let's, let's do it. So I get home, Ken comes over. I'm like, all right, change of plans. We're not doing Torrey Pines. We're going on this cool new trail. Go <laughs> Chi Minh did us. So we're both super excited. We get there. It is literally like flat, slippery rocks. Oh, wow. Covered in a layer of sand to make it even more slippery. Casual. And it's just straight downhill. So the downhill to the beach was accurate because it was just straight down. (laughs) Wow. So against my better judgment, we start this hike. I'm literally slipping and sliding. Like he was taking photos of me and just laughing so hard because I'm like (laughs) trying to hold myself up in between two rocks and I'm literally like slip, slip, slip. Like... (gasps) Okay. Oh my okay. God. Okay. Then I try to walk again. It's like slip, slip, slip. Like it was ridiculous. So there's this one point where you have to like essentially scale the side of a rock and mm-hmm. it's like a sheer drop off. I should also say I'm not very outdoorsy. This is not my thing at all. Like at all. I'm sure you've already gathered that. Um, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I'm holding up a line of no less no. than 20 hikers because okay, that's I'm so stressful shaking because I can't, I can't like he literally at that point comes and physically had to move my hands and my feet so oh. I could move myself along this rock. So a few things happened in that moment. First of all, I was like, I would be so embarrassed and mm-hmm. like sweating and like going to cry if I was having the situation with a guy that I didn't think like could, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like I, mm-hmm. I just knew that he truly, yes, we were laughing, but he wasn't laughing at me yeah. like, in a way that I yeah. felt bad. We were like, yeah. just both like, oh my gosh, like I'm ridiculous. Did it up. But mm-hmm. like, you know, I wasn't like, I was like, he just accepts me. He just loves me for me. Yeah. Right. That's like kind of my first thought. So I finally get past this like scaling part after I'm like, oh my gosh, finally we're at the beach. Like you can see the beach, but you can't see is that there's another just complete like sheer drop off that you have to grab a rope and Uh, I don't even (laughs) propel yourself down. I literally cried because I was like, I can't 
this cashier led you astray. Like you have to reveal that kind of thing to someone. I was like, how did she forget these details that this is the (laughs) most treacherous hike you could possibly take? Like experienced hikers only. I'm like, how how does this just slip her mind? So she like looked at you. She's like, this girl can handle it. That's really bold of her to think because I'm showing up to hike in like full glam makeup, my hair waved, like ready to just like look cute, really to go to brunch after, like nothing, no plans of actually hiking. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So we get to this part of the scaling. I'm like, this is just, I I just, I I try. So Ken goes down first and he shows me how to do it. Then I grab the rope. I move my feet about an inch and I'm like, okay, I don't, I, I, can't do like I literally don't know what to do. I can't do this again. Holding up lines and lines and lines of people. <sighs> so Ken somehow climbs back up without the rope. What? What? And I kid yes. And so he's he's standing under me. He's like Mia, you have to you have to like let go of the rope, and I'm gonna get you down. And I'm like oh. I don't understand how this is physically gonna work. And he's yeah. like just trust me. Like I promise it's I'll do it. And so not only was I like, um, this is again, so lame, but literally I was so scared. So I understand was like, okay, I'm going to let go of this rope and trust this person with me not falling off of this cliff. <laughs> and it was the first time that we had like touched in a way of oh. more than just like a friend hug because I literally did like essentially a trust fall off of the side of a cliff Mm -hmm. and so he you know he like grabbed me he like touched my hips and did that and I was like that felt nice yeah Mm. (laughs) you're like what's this sensation yes I was like this is new (laughs) like truly I never felt like this really specific thing that I felt in that moment I was like Mm -hmm. okay weird so finally we get down he like literally carries me down the rest of this cliff I'm even like, wow, I'm so impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. But it's funny because he's naturally very outdoorsy. He's Marine. So he has all these other kind of like trainings and whatever. But I I, I honestly attribute it more to just like his nature. Like it's just like who he is. He's just, yes, he's like always been into this kind of thing. And he's like a protector. Like what I always say is like, he just makes me feel so safe in every way. So that like literally started on that day. Oh, it's amazing. So we walk down the beach we go to brunch. It happened to be restaurant week. Nice. Which is perfect. So we had this like four course meal and all of this wine and it, you know, we're on the beach of Del Mar and the sun's going down and we're like, wow, like what a great day. Like this day started crazy and then yeah. we had so much fun. So in my head during this dinner is when things kind of clicked and I was like, do I love him? <laughs> no. Skip right past like, like I oh, love yeah. him. Get past it. Because I was like, there's something that I'm feeling and this is just the weirdest thing. Like I cannot explain how I feel right now. But I was like, okay, Mia, shush, shush. Put that thought aside. <laughs> Let's just hang out and have fun. You can reassess this later. So this thought just keeps on coming up, coming up. So we get in the car. He drops me off at home. It's like pretty late at this point. So I get ready for bed. And I get a text from him as I'm laying in bed. And he oh. goes, hey, did something change today? Oh. And I was like, God. do you my live heart. in my brain? Like, <laughs> how did you know? I thought I was acting so cool. Oh. Like, how did you know? That's so oh sweet. Gosh. So, yeah. So, that just kind of led to, like, a conversation about me being, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm confused. 
because mm-hmm. like this I had just come up within the last few hours. Yeah. And like I had known this person for like two years at that point. So mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was confused. I was like, maybe it's just this, maybe it's just that. And it was also to the point where I wanted to be really, really sure. Mm. Like he's such a good friend. And mm-hmm. again, like I want him in my life forever. Like, so I really, really, really didn't want to do anything that would risk any of that. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let me think about it. And then within like probably 48 hours, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> and I guess the other thing that's actually really important. So kind of like linking all of this back to the idea that like, I never really saw myself getting married. I didn't yeah. even like know what it would feel like to want to spend all my time with someone and like mm-hmm. be in a serious relationship and all of those things. I knew that if I moved forward with him, I literally knew that day that I would marry him. Wow. And I was like, do I want to do that? Yeah. I never wanted to do that before. <laughs> yeah. What a shift. What a shift. Okay. So I have to backtrack and yes, I don't mean any offense by this because I'm not trying to trivialize it at all. (laughs) What I was thinking about even before you kind of got to the end of this story is like you describing the state and like the fact that you're in this like kind of treacherous scenario and you have to like really put yourself out there. I'm like every bachelor. Yes. I was like, (laughs) this is like a bachelor date where it's like, I feel like they always pick these adrenaline inducing things. And then even the point where you're like, I'm super done up. And it's like, that's how it is on the show. They're like not ready for this thing. And then they're like, oh my God, I can't believe they can do this. And then you have this romantic date at the end. And once you've like processed all the adrenaline, you just feel like super connected to the person. The key difference being obviously you had a foundation with this person versus like two weeks of knowing them when you're expected to then start the rest of your life together, but still kind of similar where you're like, okay, if we move forward, there's an expectation that we're going to get married just like the bachelor. (laughs) Wow. That is so funny. I've never thought of that, but that's a hundred percent true. And so, you know, what was funny is you said like, wow, I can't believe this woman at Trader Joe's like, you know, risked your life, but really she's, she got my life started. Because if we wouldn't have had this adrenaline, whatever situation, I mean, I'm sure it still would have happened, but probably on a much Mm -hmm. slower timeline and probably Mm -hmm. who knows what the context would have been. Mm -hmm. It might not have been, again, it was just so pure. So yeah. Okay. So I have so many follow-up questions. (laughs) When he finally was like, did something change? Was that him admitting to himself that, okay, something shifted for me as well? Or was he like, I was just waiting for you to get there. And I've always felt this way about you. Definitely the latter. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. So he was kind of waiting in the wings. He was like, if I just act cool, put zero pressure on all of this, I know she really just wants to be my friend. Hmm. He has told me that he had to put himself in that place too. Like Mm -hmm. he essentially had to mentally friend zone himself. Mm-hmm. so that we could be friends. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but like, obviously you had a hope that I would come around. He's like, I tried so hard to not think that Aww. way because I wow. didn't want to be disappointed. I didn't want to feel like I was ever putting any pressure on you, you know, or acting in any type of way that would make you feel like that. So mm-hmm. he's like, I really like put it completely out of my head that this is what was ever going to happen. Yeah. So, so sweet. Going back to like when you first met, I know when we first talked, you mentioned that like the day after you met after the Margarita Festival, he helped you pick up a couch from World oh, Market. Yeah. And I was like, no guy who just met someone would do this unless he's <laughs> like, okay, this girl's cute at the very least. Oh my 
my gosh, I totally forgot about that detail. So yes, I'll backtrack to that margarita festival. My friend and I, we had some margaritas. We decided to stop at one market. They were having this liquidation closeout sale. I was like, perfect. I want a new couch. I pick out a couch. Her and I look at each other and we're like, how are we ever going to get this into my apartment? We had no idea. So I was like, okay, this is our plan. We already knew we were going to go out to this bar by the beach. We're like, we're going to meet someone that's going to get that couch into yes. my apartment. We're just being absolutely ridiculous. And yes. And after probably like one hour of knowing Ken, I was like, hey, so what are you doing tomorrow around 8.30 a.m.? Oh, what? <laughs> He's like, you see me? Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. So, yep, he met me downstairs in my apartment, picked up the couch for me, brought it upstairs, put it all together. Really an angel from day one. Yeah, Truly. 100%. That's how you know he's a real one. Seriously. <laughs> so then another question I have is, you know, you were so convinced that you're just friends. And so for me, I feel like when you're friends with someone of the opposite sex, I feel like the way that you can tell there's no like sexual tension or you don't have any like inkling of a feeling that something could happen is if you're totally comfortable talking about other people you're dating. Would you ever address that topic or was that one of the things that was maybe off limits? We absolutely talked about it. So wow. yes, yes. And and I feel like a huge reason we did is because that's like kind of how we restarted this as like, we are friends. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, there was, so I had went on like two dates with this guy. I remembered that very first brunch, the first day that he got back into town and we we're in an Uber going to brunch together. And I was like, oh, will you help me write this breakup text? Like I went on two <laughs> dates with this guy. He's trying to go out with me again next week. And I just can't. So we literally wrote a breakup text together. He's like, yes, exactly. I know, right? that's exactly what I want to help you, right? Like, Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And then another time, it was probably a week or so before this whole hike day. He had met this older man at like work and he was like, Hey, you should go on a date with my daughter. So Mm. Ken and I, we had this whole other day planned, whatever it was like the Saturday before the hike. And, you know, we're talking about everything, planning that morning. And he's like, Oh yeah. And I'm going on a date tonight. And I was like, Oh, I thought we'd be getting dinner. (laughs) Oh, and he's like, okay, I guess, I guess we'll see how it goes. And then he obviously canceled dinner with that girl. Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) Priorities. He knew. He knew. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to waste my time. He had his eye on the prize. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So that's so amazing. And I guess like after you kind of come to this realization that you are meant to be together, was your mindset shifted immediately from, oh, I don't know if I want to get married to, oh yeah, this is definitely for me now that I know it's going to be with him? Yes. Which sounds absolutely crazy, but I literally, I knew that I had never felt anything even in the league, in the world, like nothing that was anywhere near the way that I felt just about everything about him. Mm -hmm. And I still feel that way, but it's really fun to think about that. Like very, very, very first like Mm -hmm. few months because I was just so shocked by the feeling. Like now this feeling is very normal, Yeah, but I just, I couldn't believe it. And like, even before any of that, how I just knew I liked him too much to let him go once I bring him in. Yeah. So like, that's kind of how I feel like I just knew. And also just him as a person, he knows exactly what he wants all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. So I knew that if he 
wanted to be with me. He like wanted to be with me. Like I knew that that wasn't going to be a problem. I knew that yeah. I was the problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, well, let me address this within myself before I pull him into something that could get messy if mm. I'm not like fully ready. Yeah. I love that. I love how like self-aware you were. And also I love that he, of course, just prioritized it so much that he's like, whatever, I'll just give her the time she needs. It's worth the wait. Which is so like that. And what I said, you know, like, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, after he texted me, that's literally exactly what he said. Take your time. We can talk about it a different time or never again, like whatever you want. Aww. You know, also funny thing, cause we were friends. He knew how I was like, he knew mm-hmm. that I yeah. was like not really interested in dating people. He knew I just went out two dates with this guy. I was like, Oh, I need to break up with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's he like, play your cards right. Or that could be you. <laughs> exactly. 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 So yep. He oh just, he, he just gets me. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about like what aspects of either your dating experience, or maybe even your friends' experiences that you kind of got to see firsthand impacted your view of marriage and also like how that view of marriage kind of has shifted from what your expectations were before you got with Ken. Totally. So I feel like this is kind of a blend of two things. So growing up, I had this expectation of marriage, just seeing my parents. My dad is literally obsessed with my mom. He will do Aww. anything for her at all times. It's like kind of ridiculous how like, cute and perfect they are. So I just assumed that was easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I thought, like that's how everybody is. Like this is what I've seen my whole life. Like of course, you know, of, of course that's how I'm going to end up. Mm-hmm. But then really starting in New York, like in college, I just was not thinking about dating at all. I was like, yeah. hang out with my friends, having fun. So that is kind of like not, I don't even count any of my thoughts then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, New York, like when I kind of started to think a little more seriously about it, it's when I was like, wow, people are not nice to each other. So that yeah. honestly, those like first years of dating in New York were kind of my formative years, if you will. And mm-hmm. that completely has that created my outlook on dating. And it was not good. Yeah. <laughs> Very very negative outlook. So I had just at that point kind of got it out of my head that it was possible. I was like, I've seen so many of my friends go through terrible situations. I've been through all of these terrible situations. Mm -hmm. It's like one in a million drawing out of a hat that it's actually something that's even like decent, not even great. You know, I hadn't even seen much of my friends that was great. Like Mm -hmm. even like, hate to say it, love all my friends, love all their husbands, but it's still (laughs) difficult for me to say this is great. Like they are so, so, so great together. You know, a lot of Mm -hmm. it's just like good. Okay. Questionable. (laughs) There's like a spectrum. I know what you mean. Yeah. Cause even with myself, I have some friends who, you know, they're very happy with their partners, but I look at their relationships and I'm like, Oh, like I wouldn't put up with that. And it's not to say any of their partners are like abusive or doing anything horrible. It's just like, that's not, you know, a quality that I necessarily want in someone who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. So it really does highlight how difficult it is to find that one person. I literally feel exactly the way that you do. And I'm like, huh. And even now with my friends that are, you know, single and still dating now, I literally am like, and it's funny because now I feel like I have to address it a little bit differently because I don't want to be that like mm, on my yeah. high horse married person. I'm right? the exact yeah. same. Like I yeah. promise you, I have the exact same thoughts as I did when I was single. And I literally am like, you, no, like you are so much better than this. Even just like one thing 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is enough to know that this is not a good person. This is not the right yeah. person for you. And then just watching mm-hmm. people just try and try and try and get hurt and hurt and hurt. It's just, it's so painful to watch. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I I was tired of being that person. Yeah. And it's tiring watching your friends go through it too. Cause there's only so much you can say to get them to <sighs> wise up. <laughs> yeah. And it's also a delicate balance because the more you address it, the less comfortable your friend might be opening up to you. And you never want that to be the case. Like you want them to feel like you're a safe space and you don't want them to feel attacked or judged, but it's a hard tonal balance to strike in terms of like, I want to really address how I feel about this and not have you come back to me and be like, why didn't you say anything? But I also have to realize that you kind of have to eventually come to the final realization and make that final decision on your own terms. That is so incredibly true. And sometimes it can take years, you know, and the person just has to be ready themselves to make a change. No one's ever going to make a change based on the advice that you give or, you know, anything. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because it's those friends that are most often like, you and Ken are just so happy and da-da. And I'm like, this is a real thing that you can find yourself. Mm -hmm. You are wasting your time (laughs) on these situations (laughs) that are so awful. And you're taking months and months or years off of your ability to be this happy and to find somebody that makes you as happy as you can possibly be. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's very, it's, it's, it's hard to watch. It makes me sad and it always has. And I just, Mm -hmm. I wish everyone just treated each other better. (laughs) I know. I obviously haven't dated in New York, but a lot of what you're describing, I'm like, that's kind of how LA is also just in terms of like the attractiveness of people, the drive. And so you always feel like there's someone better around the corner. And I just think people in LA are also flaky that contributes to everything. So it really makes you feel like it's almost impossible to like find that connection that you're really striving for. Totally, totally. And now kind of the funny thing is the more time I spend with Ken and then the more I go back and spend time with my parents, Ken and my dad, they are very different people. Mm-hmm. But in terms of a relationship, they are so similar and it is hilarious Aww. to me. That's because so I never cute. like right and it's how, you know, Ken, hey Nia, what are you doing? Anytime I'm gone, hey, so what are you doing? Okay. Ten minutes later. Hey, yeah, just you know. What's that? Oh my god! (laughs) It's so cute and sweet, and just the idea, just to like feel like, wow, this person like really genuinely wants to be around all the time. Like (sighs) again, like these are just things that I didn't think were real anymore. Like I Mm -hmm. honestly didn't. I didn't think that I was capable of feeling them, and I didn't think that anybody else in the world was capable of making me feel the way that I feel because of all of the just dark times. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know that feeling too of like, wow, it's so nice to be with someone who wants you around all the time and where you're not feeling like suffocated from it because that's the feeling I have right now. And I feel like my two relationships before didn't prime me for that because before that I was dating someone who was in San Diego when I was in LA. So there was no opportunity for it to be like, oh, I want you around all the time. Like that just wasn't a thing. And before that, the relationship proceeding, I feel like maybe he had like a slightly avoidant style. And mm-hmm. so we just didn't have that dynamic. So yeah, it's really refreshing to be like, Oh, this is what it feels like when you have that in your relationship. And when it's mutual, mm-hmm. because on the other hand, I have friends that I, to even their boyfriends, the people they're dating, I'm like, I think you got to back off a little bit. Yes. Like I can see it in his eyes that he's kind of ready for a little bit of a break, Oof, you know, that's tough. And it's, 
right? And it's just so nice to like have that equal balance of like both wanting to be around each other, both wanting to, you know, do the same things and talk all the time and know everything that's going on in each other's lives. And mm-hmm. then you, you see like married people who, whoever will come home from work. It's like, Hey, from the back room and then just keeps typing. Doesn't, you know, say hi. And it's, it's, it's just so just my interesting. And yes, exactly. Cause that's when things just feel mundane and you like don't even care that they're home anymore. You yeah. Know? So it's, it's like, like, do you hate them? <laughs> like, what's going on? Exactly. Exactly. And it's so funny, like, again, not to be lame, but my parents really are that example where it's like, Hey, they're like so excited to see each other, give yeah. each other a kiss when they walk in the door. And then, you know, okay, like, what are we having for dinner? What are we going to do yeah. tonight? Like what's going on? You know? So just kind of having that is just so it feels honestly like kind of talking about it, I'm like, wow, that is kind of surreal because I yeah. really just didn't think it could happen. So Aww. it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's so great. So I guess one question I have for you is I know we kind of talked about the fact that as you were single, you kind of noticed a shift in the lifestyles of some of your married friends. And that seemed like something that wasn't necessarily desirable in terms of maybe not having as much independence or like pursuing the same passions that you had while you were a single person. And I mean, going back to your Instagram, I'm like, if that is any indication, (laughs) plus the conversations we've had, I know you haven't had to give that up. You haven't seemed to make any of those sacrifices. So what advice do you have for people who are kind of looking to maintain their true sense of self and that independence while still prioritizing their partner? This is such a good question. So the first thing I can say about this is that in this like 24, 48 hour period where Ken had asked if things would change and I was confused and we were just kind of talking here and there kind of about everything that was going through our heads. I said to him, I was like, Ken, I just picture myself hopping yachts in Europe with my best friend for the rest of my life. That's why I can't date you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Mia, <laughs> you don't have to stop doing that. Oh, you yeah. can do that for your whole life. What does that have to do with dating me? And I was like, oh, <gasps> you're like, I can oh have my gosh. <laughs> exactly. I was like, whoa. And then the crazy thing is, so I just went to Italy about a month ago mm-hmm. with Ken and my three best girlfriends. So he really yeah, meant it. The dream. We can all go hop yachts in Italy all together. Yeah. I'm pretty sure by the end of the trip, he surpassed me in the friend group. Everyone <laughs> likes him more than me. Like I'm 100% sure of that. So oh my gosh. it went amazingly. But yeah, so just I think the idea there is one, finding somebody, being with somebody that loves you for all of the things that are you and wants you to continue to do the things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge thing. I think too is that, you know, so Ken and I are in an interesting-ish situation where he's gone a lot. Mm, yeah. So on the one hand, when he's gone, I'm like, all right, let's go to Miami. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And so I have <laughs> yeah. plenty of time to spend with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. But even then when he is home, he still is super supportive of me going and traveling and kind of doing all of these things. And because yeah. that's what makes me happy. And I guess another layer to that is that I've always thought that one of the keys to a happy relationship, at least in our day and age, is having the same idea of fun. Mm, Interesting. Something that I think really holds people back is when one person just really, really, really likes to stay in and does not want to go do anything. The other person is constantly (laughs) wanting to be out. Yeah. When both of you want to be out all the time, you're out all the time and you're together and you're super happy. When you both want to be home all the time, obviously there's lots and lots of things in between. Those are the most extreme examples, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, can I, we have the same idea of fun. So he knows that 
I love to go and travel and do these things. And he wants me to be happy. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to lock me in at home. <laughs> You're not like Belle and like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or like Rapunzel. I'm not like letting down my hair to let my friends in to come hang out with me. Like he, he just truly in his heart wants me to be happy. So he's like, by all means, go and do your thing. And I'm the same way. You know, he's like, oh, do you want to go on the boat today? I'm like, why don't you go fishing with your friend so-and-so? Aww. And he's like, okay. Like I push him to go and do the things that he wants. He pushes mm-hmm. me to go do the things that I want. And there's no, there's no guilt making. There's yeah. no like, well, you left me at home on Tuesday yeah. because you went and hung out with your friends. I'm like, oh, you're going to hang out with your friends. Look at all the time I have on my yes. hands today. What shall I do? Okay. <laughs> you know? I agree with that wholeheartedly. And like, I think the fact that he got to go on vacation with your friends and like have that dynamic and have that shared experience, that's amazing. I think that that's the ideal situation, obviously, when your partner can be friends with your friends. But I also agree with you that like, you need to have that separate time. And I do know some people where it's like, if you invite them, their partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, they are always going to be there. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it's a little annoying as the friend who's trying to hang out with you, A. And then B, it's also like, don't you ever get tired of each other? Like, I don't know. I just feel like it would be a little (laughs) bit exhausting to always have to run your plans with your friends by your partner. It's like, no, sometimes you can separate. It's okay. Oh, I I agree wholeheartedly. The funny thing is that my friends, like I said, like him more than me. So they typically request that he come. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> no, but it also yeah. says we do lots and lots of things on our own all the time. And as much as we absolutely love spending time together, like he came on a girl's trip, mm-hmm. but he's not going to come on every yeah. girl's trip by any yeah. means. <laughs> and also, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've been hearing this my whole life. Like you want to do things separate from your partner so that you have something to talk about. Yes when you come back together and you have all of these cool and exciting things that you can catch them up on and share with them, you know, reflect on. So yeah, no, I think that's very, very important as well. I totally agree. Well, I have loved the story so much and I wanted to just like, thank you for taking the time to come on and share your bachelor slash rom-com story, but in real life. But, oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. This is so much fun. But actually, before I let you go, I wanted to play a quick game. And so I was having like an interesting time being like, okay, what game do I want to play with her? And I always like to tailor it to the guest. So like we mentioned before, you know, Nia is essentially a wine expert. Like every time I look at your posts, you enlighten me on something else that just makes me feel like I'm more educated. So I wanted to make it wine themed. So it's fuck, Mary kill, this. but with like different either wine themes or types of wine or regions. So oh, a little this bit is going to be so good. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Okay. okay I'm glad we're oh on board. Gosh. I'm like, this is oh, really weird, this. but no, we're going to go with this it. This is the Coolest thing. I'm so excited. All right. <laughs> Lay it on me. Okay. So fuck Mary Kill, Rose, Moscato, Prosecco. Oof. Okay. Definitely kill Moscato. Do not get me wrong. Back in my early days, loved a sweet wine, but definitely gotta kill it off. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fuck Rose. I nice. love it. Yeah. But Prosecco a bubble. I am marrying Prosecco. Oh. And the reason I'm marrying Prosecco is because Prosecco is good morning, noon, and night. You have it at brunch, completely socially acceptable. You're a lady yes. who lunches. You grab a glass of Prosecco. At dinner, with your cocktail hour, with your appetizers, Prosecco is just the most universal, like any any bubbles are the most universal mm. bubble. And I love that about 
Prosecco. So I am, I am getting hitched. Sorry, Ken. Wow. Prosecco. <laughs> Sorry, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I feel like I don't engage with Prosecco enough. So I feel like my answers are a little different. I am going to fuck Moscato. I feel like I should be over it. And it's not like something I could drink more than a glass of, which is why it's like, okay, it's like a a good like roll in the hay. You're going to have a one night stand with Moscato. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. And then I would marry Rosé because I'm so basic. I like drink Rosé. I feel like all the time. Rosé all day. I'm all about Rosé all day and Rosé all year. Rosé in winter. All, All year. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Prosecco, there's really nothing against it. I just feel like I don't drink it that often. So I was like, okay, I can do without it. But you have convinced me that I will expand my Prosecco tasting. Okay, I'm going to send you a list of Prosecco that we should try. <gasps> God, I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. <laughs> okay, so the next one, Malbec, Pinot Noir, and Syrah. Ooh, okay, I love this one too. Definitely killing Malbec. Ooh. I cannot explain to you why. I just don't like Malbec. It's the one wine that I can really truly say, I just don't like it. Mm -hmm. Am I willing to try it? Always. Like if someone's like, this is so great. I love this producer. You know, someone has a story and a reason. I will order the Malbec. I will try the Malbec, but I have literally never taken a sip of Malbec and been like, "Mm, wow. So good. Okay. Definitive. I like that. Yes. Okay. I'm going to fuck Syrah Mm -hmm. and I will also tell you why Syrah is it's heavy, it's bold, it's big, it's good for certain occasions. Mm-hmm. On a hot summer day, I don't want Syrah. I want Syrah in cuffing season, right? So it's my, <laughs> Syrah it. is my winter boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> Kick him to the curb as it gets warm. Yes, exactly. So by design, this means I'm marrying Pinot. Mm. The reason I'm marrying Pinot, very similar reasoning to Prosecco. It's versatile. It's a super light red. So Mm -hmm. you can drink it on a summer afternoon without sweating like you would with a Syrah. Yeah. It's really versatile as far as like food and wine pairings. It goes really well. I'm a vegetarian. It goes really well with vegetarian Mm -hmm. foods, which is really nice. It's like a finicky fickle grape. It's really Mm -hmm. difficult to grow. Okay. And that means it's expensive. because it's hard to grow. So that's another thing. Like it's kind of like an elusive, like mystic grape that it's hard to get a hold of. It kind (laughs) of has, has that Lux vibe to it. So I'm like, you know what, if I can get a hold of Pinot Noir, I'm going to marry it. Yeah. You want to lock it down. That's like how Ken felt about you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm Ken's Pinot Noir. I'm fickle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anything like that. Or like the Lux elusive vibes. <laughs> oh my gosh, thanks. I was like, yeah, I am. I'm a little moody. I get no. it. <laughs> Only the positives. <laughs> oh All my right, gosh. What are, your, what are your answers? I mean, I feel like I cannot follow that up. I'm so glad I played this game with you because I'm like, even in like the span of that 60 second description, you gave so much information. I do like a Malbec and I feel like I couldn't, you know, have it all the time. So I would probably fuck a Malbec, but I don't have any like good reason. I just like the flavor. I know it's like a little bit polarizing, which I think kind of like also puts it into that category of like, I like it, but I don't necessarily need it around all the time. Okay. I didn't really have like a distinction between the Pinot Noir and the Syrah. It's like on the one hand, I see what you're saying about Pinot Noir being so drinkable. And I feel like it's a good like everyday red. Mm-hmm, but then I was like, mm-hmm. is it too boring? Like, do I want to marry that and have it around <laughs> all the time? So 
I say all this with the disclaimer of like, do I know anything really about wine? No, I drink a lot of it. I go wine tasting and I feel like I always try to remember things and I'll take home like one or two new pieces of information. So I'm very, very slowly building up my wine knowledge, but it's nowhere near what you have. So my expertise isn't good enough to give a good description of those. I love that. Is Pinot Noir too boring? It's not really, but I love that you said that because that is a reason to kill a wine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, why would you want to marry it if it's going to be just this like flabby thing hanging around all the time? <laughs> like, is it going to keep you interested? Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. So I love that. I love that. Okay. I feel like this is actually inspiring me for my next grocery store trip is like to buy wines in these trios and do a yes. test so I can like reevaluate my answers to these. <laughs> Please document this and tell me what you think. This yes. is so awesome. 100%. <laughs> Okay, so the next one, we're going to go a little bit off the rails. Boxed wine, <laughs> canned wine, or those single serve like plastic wines. So like a Copa de Vino, like those cups that you can like take to the park or something. Okay, um, I'm definitely going to kill them all. But <laughs> <laughs> I know you're probably like offended. Like your sensibilities yeah, is, are like, no. <laughs> this is just going to be, uh, no. Um, okay, but so... Okay, this this is a very, very, very tough one. Okay, so I, I can tell you who I'm going to marry. I'm going to okay. marry a canned wine. Mm-hmm. There have been some brands of canned wine recently that are phenomenal. Mm. It sounds crazy, but there's this one brand. They're called, I'm going to plug them. They're called Maker Wine. Mm. They're kind of like, they have like kind of startup vibes. It's like girls that are our age. Oh. And their kind of mentality is canned wine is bad because people are putting bad wine into cans. We are going to go find really high-end producers and put good wine into a can. Mm -hmm. I was a naysayer uh, of all canned wine. I really was. And then I guess a year-ish ago, I wrote a story for San Diego Magazine about Mm -hmm. like all the hype around canned wine. So I tasted Mm -hmm. a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. I was and still am blown away by Maker Wine. The wine they put in a can, they are true to their mission and their motto, it is extremely good wine and can. Mm, okay. So that is, that's who I'm marrying. Honestly, <laughs> I guess if I had to, I would fuck with some boxed wine. Mm-hmm. Like if I yeah. had to, I was a little too old to be slapping the bag. <laughs> so I don't have those bad memories of boxed wine. Like most people do. You're not missing out. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Cause I, I don't know if I like wine. I don't know if I would have my like deep, deep love for wine if I was slapping the bag in college. So thank God I missed that. But yeah. And then honestly, like the cups, Oh God, it just reminds me of like a sporting event and it like burns your yeah. throat the whole way down and like it, oh gosh. So you're like trying to enjoy it. You can't. Yes. You like literally can't. You're like, actually, can I just get some vodka? Like I just, I just need a vodka soda. <laughs> That'll maybe burn the same amount. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> At least I'm getting farther with a vodka soda than I am with a, with a cupped wine. Yes, that was, that was yeah. a really good one. Okay. What are yours? <laughs> I would agree. I think, you know, the single serve plastic is like, come on, we can do better. better. We don't even need that as a fuck buddy. Like get that out of here. And yeah, I've never had maker. So I've never had this like higher quality canned wine. I do think it's just a little bit more reliable, I guess, than a boxed wine. I have had boxed wines and I'm like, oh, this is fine. Like black box wine, I think is actually like pretty decent. But I feel like boxed wine is too unpredictable. It's like, I feel like I haven't had a canned wine I love, but the canned wines I've had, I'm like, I don't love them or hate them. They're all like decent, 
But whereas with the box spine, you don't really know what you're going to get. It could be amazing. It could be like terrible. Yes. So I can't have that. I can't marry that type of volatility. No, that's, that's a flaky LA wine. You cannot yeah, go marrying a flaky, a flaky wine. No, 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 no. We don't nope. have time for that. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. So my last one is not wine at all, but okay. wine regions. Ooh. So Napa, Temecula, or Paso Robles. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Well, going to marry Napa because it's mm. Napa. It's just the chances of having a bunch of bottles from Temecula, Paso, and Napa laid out. You close your eyes and you pick one from each. The odds are that your Napa bottle is probably still just going to be the best. I hate to say that. I know it's basic. No, when I first started down all. this like wine exploration loving journey, I was like, Napa's probably not that great, but I just have to come clean. It is. Mm. I'm going to fuck Paso because Napa and Paso, they're warm. So you get these like big, full-bodied, rich wines, and they're just so good. They're just so satisfying to have that like big Napa cab, that big Paso cab. So definitely mm-hmm. going to fuck Paso. I know Temecula was right <laughs> near my former city. There's lots of people in Temecula that I really like, and I have full support for the region, but I unfortunately am going to have to do away with Temecula. Mm. I fully agree with that decision. I feel like, I mean, they're all established in their own way. Mm-hmm. I feel like Napa is like your established, very stable choice. Paso Robles, I feel like it's, I don't know. This is a silly reason to choose like fucking Paso, but I feel like, you know, it's close to like Santa Barbara. So I'm like, I feel like it has like a fun vibe to it. It's like fun adjacent. It's like going to be a good time. Temecula, I've gone to some great wineries in Temecula. I've also gone to wineries that make chocolate flavored champagne. And again, the volatility, I can't deal with that. We can't deal with the flakiness. You know know what else I'll say about Paso? Paso, they call it like the wild, wild west of California wine. Mm. It's like a bad boy. You got to fuck the bad boy. It makes perfect sense. Get it out of your system. Get it out of your system. It makes perfect sense. Paso is very fuckable. Thank you for humoring me and like the least <laughs> professional wine discussion possible. <laughs> this is my most fun wine discussion all week. This is awesome. <laughs> um, before you go, I feel like people are probably dying to know where they can find you so that they can hear more of your expertise about wine. So can you plug where you would like people to follow you? Yes, of course. So on Instagram, You'll see all of my wine adventures that Leslie was talking about. So I'm at Nia Ruth Wine on Instagram. Another thing we kind of talked about was, you know, giving Leslie some wine recs, a list of Prosecco. So I actually have a monthly newsletter where I share my five favorite wines of each month. And, you know, there's always a little bit of a theme. It's always really fun for me to put together. So for that, you could go to my website, niaruth.com, and you'll see the info there. And then also, if you want to get wine, three bottles a month straight to your doorstep. It's again, like these are all of the wines that like, I know the winemaker, I know the owner of the winery. Mm -hmm. I've been, you know, talking to them and hanging out with them and drinking their wine for like three, four years now. Like those are the people that I'm inviting into my wine club. So it's been just so, so, so much fun to actually work Mm -hmm. with these people in a, you know, in like a real way instead of just going and drinking their wine. So it's been so much fun. So if you're interested in joining a wine club, again, like super different, you know, it's not like wink. It's not like bright Mm -hmm. cellars and these like kind of big box things. It's really just like handcrafted small batch stuff that you would really have to go to Napa or Paso, probably not Specula in my club. 
but maybe you never know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so to join that also at nearest.com, you'll see all of the details there. I'd love to have everybody join. If you love wine, you're going to really enjoy it. It's always a fun time. Oh, we do live tastings on zoom with the winemakers. Oh. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's so fun. Oh yeah. It's, it's super fun. It's really awesome. So yes. Amazing. I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes. Yay, yes, please do. Yeah. Thank you again. And this was so much fun. Oh, Leslie, this is so fun. Thank you again for having me. And yes, we'll talk soon. (laughs) Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.